Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next two hours to talk sports with you. And thanks for uh, giving us some of your time uh, here in the next couple of hours. BMW of Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. Bottom of the hour, Iowa State conversation, Bill Seals, CycloneReport.com. Uh, we will recap uh, with Bill uh, the BYU-Iowa State game from last night. Life on the road in the Big 12. Nobody said it was going to be easy, and it wasn't last night. Protect the home floor. TJ harped on that during the the weeks leading up uh, to conference play. Life on the road did not go well for the clones last night. Bill Seals at 11.30. Mitch Holtis is the voice of those Kansas City Chiefs. If his uh, teeth have stopped chattering, we will talk to him coming up here at 11.50 as they get set to head to another beautiful spot. Buffalo in January. Uh, no place you'd rather be. Uh, we'll talk to Holtis at 11.50. Adam Emenecker is going to join us. G-Migs, our friends at G-Migs in Valley Junction in West Des Moines. What a spot. Uh, what a spot for Saturday or brunch or just dinner or lunch uh, or just a place to, you know, belly up to the bar, watch some games and have a couple. G-Migs, we'll tell you about them uh, in the 12 o'clock hour. Adam Emenecker, who, of course, played for Drake, now doing uh, uh, analyst work for various networks. He'll join us coming up here at 12.05 in his weekly spot. And then speaking of weekly spots, David Kaplan off to Chicago. We will go. A lot of topics. I want to leave with Jerry Krause's widow. Just, the, just yeah. I mean, oh, good God. It's it was over. bad. I mean, it was a long time ago. It was right. Get over it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Don't cheer if you don't want. If you don't, if you still have zero respect for him or whatever, don't boo. Don't boo his wife. That was terrible. Uh, but a lot of other topics, obviously, with uh, with Cappy coming up here at twelve thirty. Look forward to that. We'll do Iowa State BYU. But I want to start with something that might be a developing situation, Trent Condon. Hold on to your hats. Uh, because there is an Alabama uh, writer, covers Alabama football, uh, who is reporting um, a little smoke around Caden Proctor and Xavier Wampka, um, some of the media that follows the, that covers the Hawkeyes. A lot of eyeball emojis have popped up in the last 30 <laughs> minutes. Should we just connect the dots and say Caden Proctor's coming home? Is that that simple? Is that what everybody means? Because that's what the dude in Alabama is saying, that he's going into the transfer portal. Well, if you've been locked in here 11-1 to over the last couple of weeks. Well, uh, I was on vacation. Yes. yes. (laughs) Normally I am, by the way. You are. Yes, you are. But yes, you're away. And I've talked about this quite a bit. I mean, there was so much smoke to this during Christmas break. Yeah, This was something that was... Not just Southeast Polk people, but a lot Even of people. Even before the playoff game? Oh, absolutely. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, there was a ton there that, though, obviously, he was a starter from game one. Things went a lot better for yep. him as the season progressed. They did, without a doubt. He wasn't happy in Alabama. There, uh, It wasn't exactly what he expected. With the Saban news, mm-hmm. now even before the Saban news, there was plenty of smoke out there mm. and brought it up a couple of different times. So this just makes it easier because now that there's a new coach, the 30-day yeah. window starts, the portal's open. Well, and we go back to the conversation that led to Caden Proctor eventually flipping two days before signing day, and it was Nick Saban apparently saying, don't settle. Mm-hmm. That was the selling point here. Come here and be your mm-hmm. best. Mm-hmm. But he's not happy. That's what the scuttlebutt is about this, that it just was not what he thought, what he hoped for. The offseason, he got way too big. He had to work himself back into shape. Big as in 
overweight or oh, big yeah. as in lifted too much weight, got too big? No, no, no. He the was former. almost 400 pounds Jesus. when August Camp began and got down to probably 370, something like that. You know what? Like he that. needs to spend some time with Tristan Wirfs. And whatever, yes. whatever Wirfs does in the offseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw that. They oh, brought yeah. it up on Monday night's game. Jim jumping out of the pool. Right. Now, his athleticism is a different level. <laughs> Vert off as a lineman. I mean, there's just very few yeah. that have that size and that kind of athleticism. But this is real. And talking to people, if this happens, it's basically a foregone conclusion. Conversations are be had. Now, when this initially started, when the rumblings were out there, the one thing that I heard about Proctor is he knew he had fences to mend, mm-hmm. that he had work to do inside the Iowa football offices. And when it looked like it was going to happen right after their season concluded, and it felt like the momentum was really building there, talk to the NIL. Mm-hmm. The offer that was on the table 13 months ago? Probably not there. It's not there anymore. Right. But he got paid last year. When he made some calls to some other institutions here in the upper Midwest, the NILs was not close. Mm. So it was, all right, I need to re-engage with Iowa. Mm-hmm. He did. Then, I don't want to say left Iowa on the doorstep, on, you know, up at the, at the uh, what am I trying to say? Wedding. They weren't right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. At the altar. At the altar. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Good guy. Yeah. It wasn't that. Yeah. But there were some people in the football offices that felt like they were being strung along again, uh, and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Now, if this is happening, I don't know where the relationship is when those fences were mended. But if you're Kirk, don't you have to be a bigger man? Just well, he walks into his office, get up, give him a hug, and say, "Welcome home." Yeah. I think you do. Don't you? I would. That offensive line has stunk oh for years. Oh, my God. It's been awful. Yes. Though it was better this year, it was still bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> By their standards, bad. Just bad in general. Okay. That's but, a bad offensive line. But I was known for offensive lines. So right. Yeah, right, okay. They haven't had a great offensive line. No, it's line been a while. It's been in a, a while. long time. Yeah, they've had some parts. I mean, the 2015 won the Joe Moore Award. That was an okay offensive line. Yeah. 2002 maybe set a gold standard that can never be duplicated. I don't think it will. Yeah. It's a pretty high ball. Oh, my God. You had second pick in the draft, another first-rounder in Steinbach. Uh Bruce Nelson, if he was healthy, I think he would have had a 15-yard NFL career. He was that good. I believe you're right. You were loaded there. Mm -hmm. They've had individual pieces but never been able to put it all together. And maybe with what we saw, the evolution of the run game this year, maybe that's a sign of things to turn. But you can't turn down Caden Proctor. You just can't. You said, I think, perfectly. Be the bigger man. Yes. Wrap your arms around him, uh-huh. welcome home, yep. and away you go. Water under the bridge. Yes. Yep. And I think, all right, so Mason Richmond was okay at the beginning of the year, got banged up and was bad. Mm-hmm. You move him over to right tackle. Jennings Dunker is not a tackle. Right. He's a guard. Yep. You move him inside. You figure the out the center spot. spot or... Either one. Okay. You got Colby on the other guard spot. Uh-huh. And then at center... Now, I believe that Tyler Ellsbury is a superior play to Logan Jones. Yeah, the Jones thing hasn't worked out like a lot of people thought it was going to. He's athletic. He's Uh strong. He's just not a very good center. I think Ellsbury's a better center. But that aside, you got options. And it's pretty ready-made now, right? I mean, that offensive line suddenly goes from still a question mark, even with Mm -hmm. all the experience they'll have, to, I think, something that can be a really big strength for them. So that's kind of where we are with this. But again... Are you at the point where you will be shocked if this doesn't happen? No, because we've been here a couple of times already here in the last three weeks. Okay. And because of that, 
if it comes out the next day or two, nah, he's going to stick in Alabama. I'm not going to be shocked by that. Well, either. the the reporter from uh, that covers the the Crimson Tide in Alabama said he's going in the portal today. Yes, and there's a lot of uh, people over there that are saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Some of his teammates have already kind of talked about that a little bit. So that's out there. We'll see. But this is not something that just brewed in the last 24 hours right. or something like that. This, this has been, been out there. Okay. For the better part of a month now, yeah, and even prior to the playoff, I mean that's the Rose Bowl we're talking about, <laughs> right? And he had—I don't want to say one foot out the door, but at least it was. And this is prior to the Saban news that caught everybody off guard that he's going to retire. So we'll see where it goes, but there's certainly a lot of—I don't know—there's smoke. Yes, there's smoke. smoke. Yeah. Yes, there's smoke, and maybe even a small flame. Oh, a little one step for her. All right, so uh, life on the road in the Big Twelve. We saw it last oh. night. This Waterman cat who'd made one of his uh, one of his uh, one three pointer in conference play this year comes up, bing bang, right off the bat. <laughs> you kind of had a feeling. Look, this is a team that shoots threes. This shouldn't take anybody off guard. This is how BYU wins. When they win, they make a good percentage of the threes, and they shoot them in mass. Uh, this Johnson kid, not a kid anymore, has been there a long time, mm-hmm. Spencer Johnson. He was phenomenal uh, in the game last night. Went 19 in the first half. They kind of, uh, sh- not shut him down, but limited his scoring in the second uh, 20 minutes of the basketball game. But but look, this is a game that got away from Iowa State. The biggest concern coming out of it is not that you lost, it's that your point guard wasn't able to uh, finish the game. I guess there's encouraging news. That's how Travis Hines put it uh, this morning uh, from the Des Moines Register um, at the Register in his Twitter account that um, it may not be as bad as initially feared uh, when it comes to Taman Lipsy. May miss some time, but um, obviously we'll, they should know more today and into tomorrow. And I believe TJ's going to meet the media tomorrow because they'll travel on Friday, so maybe, just maybe, there's good news. A quick aside on this game. Did you find it weird, the commentators last night talking about the 2013 game? The last time these two teams faced yeah, off, there was bad blood at that time. Yeah, and it was. was almost like they were trying to... Look, the, the coaches are different. Yeah. The players, obviously, are completely right. different. We're talking about a decade the student, The student bodies... <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, 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 they were kids, nine. Right? The, the last time that they were in pro... But it just... I don't know. There was something odd about it. I get it. You're trying to create a little bit yeah, of a narrative, do yeah. something there. But that one struck me. It was chippy. It, it was. I mean, Hassan Did it have anything to do with the 2013 no, game? No, nothing, nothing, nothing to do with right. it. Maybe that's just the way BYU, like I've never been to a game there where they call it the Marriott Center. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest buildings in college basketball. You said that early in the year, yeah. and I was not aware of that until you uh, relayed that little tidbit. Um but maybe maybe it happens to everybody that go that that makes their way to Provo that uh, they can expect that. Well, um, it didn't go Iowa State's way. Putting it mildly, right? <laughs> Foul trouble for Trey King did not help. No, uh, without a doubt, Gilbert took a bunch of shots. Really struggled making. They all did. They, nobody yeah. really shot the ball exceptionally well for Iowa State. Momchilovich was one of six from three. He's better than that. Three for ten overall. Uh, it just was one of those nights, and there's going to be more of those nights for. A lot of teams not named Iowa State. Is it you just chalk it up to that? I think you do. At it's this a point, road loss. Yes, yes. They shot lights uh-huh. out. They hit what thirteen three pointers yep. in the game. They had guys that haven't gone off. That went off. It just you chalk it up. We know uh-huh. this is a good defensive team. They gave up eighty seven. Uh-huh. That's going to happen from time to time. This league is so dang good. It's going to happen, uh-huh. and that's kind of where I am too. Now you go to TCU. And TCU coming up this week is... By the way, the TCU-Iowa State game for Saturday, women's, women's, okay, was uh, already uh, a forfeit. 
TCU cannot find enough bodies to suit up for the game. So they're, they're, whoever they were playing tonight uh, goes in the win column for their opponent. Likewise, Iowa State women do not have a game uh, this weekend as TCU will not be able to find enough women uh, to suit up, which is kind of odd, right? This crazy. time of year. I mean, we remember from 2020, unfortunately, you know, when you, when you think back to that era, that, um, you know, the COVID era, those, yeah. the last time we heard of, you know, a circumstance, I'm not saying it's COVID by any means, don't get me put that with those words in my mouth, uh, but that's the last time I can uh, remember a forfeit uh, of, a, of a game because you couldn't put, find enough people to play. TCU on the road. Yeah. Toss-up game. Ken Palm has it a one-point game. Mm-hmm. TCU is good. Mm-hmm. They are. The whole conference is good. Yeah. They lose last night on the road to Cincinnati. Cincinnati's good. Yeah. It's just. Oklahoma State might be the free, the, not a free square. Them in West Virginia. And West Virginia? Yeah. Yeah. Huggins leaving. That, uh, that team was got it. You're right. You know, Central Florida got their first win against mm-hmm. Kansas last week in conference play. Uh-huh. I mean, they're also kind of on that bottom rung. But when a team can beat Kansas, even at home, yeah. that says something there. Right. This conference. I mean, think of the te- look at this right now. The teams that are have a losing record in the conference sit at one and two. Include Houston, still the number one and team. They in the get country. Texas Tech tonight. They do, do. They not. Who's won nine in a row, something like that? They're on a roll. Oklahoma, who's ranked in the top twenty-five. Texas, who was ranked in the top twenty-five, and UCF, who just beat Kansas. Those teams have one and two records. <laughs> <laughs> those teams have one. Oh my God! You you can make an argument that three of those teams, Houston, Oklahoma, and Texas, are at minimum Sweet Sixteen teams. Oh, I agree with you. I'm not saying they are going to get there, but I mean, you it's, can. It's it's dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Now I wish we had 20 games as opposed to 18, I know, just to get so. a little bit more separation and obviously get to see two more games. What in were this they league. doing waiting for till the second weekend of January to start playing? Well, you got to play New Hampshire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we were all signed up for that one and raring to go. Uh-huh. Had to get that extra game against New Hampshire and Florida A&M. You're preaching to the choir. It's uh, 106.3 kicks and O'Miller and Condon. It's a quarter after the hour. Uh, we will talk uh, more Iowa State coming up here with Bill Seals. Uh, Iowa women played last night. Uh, Peacock had the game. I, I'm not going to sit here and try and lie to you. I watched very little of it because it was just so one-sided, right? Iowa just took it to them right out of the jump, essentially. Uh, they had no chance. Wisconsin had no chance in that basketball game. I did not see, and again, um, I might have watched eight minutes total of the game mm-hmm. because it, was, it wasn't a good game. Apparently there was a little set to and with the Wisconsin bench with kid. Did you see it? I did not see it. Yeah, there was just a little John over there. Coaches too, though. Is yeah, that I what think, I'm like I to think believe? that's what it was. Probably said something to her, and that ignited Caitlin Clark. I mean, uh-huh. just you know that. I mean, with the great players, I think we've known throughout well, the years. Why push their buttons? Right. Don't do that. Yeah. But you know what I like about it, Trent? We're talking about these women. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Uh huh. It's it's sports. Right. It's sports. And the fact that they're getting a little chippy and a little nasty, okay, great. Great. Uh, There's nothing wrong with this, I don't think. And if you play with a chip on your shoulder and if you squawk to the referee, who cares? We've seen it forever in men's sports. What's the difference? None. And the, the chippiness, the normalizing, I guess, if you will, for what we do, a women's sports, that's a good thing. I mean, that's... When you're looking to build and you're looking to build up a sport, yeah. 
Those are the things that just normalize the normal conversation that we have. I'll just say this. I'll put it this way. And I was thinking about that last night. If you would have told me after the wild card weekend last year Mm -hmm. that, you know, next year you're not going to watch the entire Saturday night game because the Iowa women are going to be playing, I would have told you you're out of your mind. Yeah. And what did I do? I watched more Iowa women. Same. Or certainly as much. Mm -hmm. Um. And it's fun. I mean, I'm going to watch Audie Crooks for the next four years. Yeah. I am. And that freshman class. It's opened my eyes. It's opened my eyes. It's fun. It, it took her. It you did. know who she is. Um, but I'm there. It got you. It did. You're a sport fan. Yes. You know, and it's something that I always find interesting when we talk about some other tier sports. You know, tennis, you're completely out. Right. And that, to me, because the way that you love sports, you, you love individual stories when we get to a grand slam and it's something big yeah and it's just like nah, i'm not gonna like, i just don't know the players but if yeah. you do i mean federer and Nadal, something yeah. like that and even that there'd be a a big match and come in during the summer after wimbledon you're like that nah, i didn't watch yeah. I'm, I'm i'm baffled because i know you're not doing anything no I mean, i'm watching game 79 of the cubs or the blue jays or the twins or whatever well it, right. it's out of the morning or something like that with wimbledon and, oh, and you're yeah, just yeah. you're out and Women's basketball, I've, I've told my story before. I, I've had a connection to the women's basketball program ever since I was in college. And because of that, I've watched Iowa women's basketball a whole lot more than other people. But I just tell people, don't look at it. It's a different sport than men's basketball. Yes, they don't dunk. But there is other things that you can enjoy about the game. And yes, it took a transcendent star to yeah. get there with Caitlin Clark. But that's okay. Yeah. Because that trickle-down effect, and that's why it's so baffling Kim Mulkey and her garbage, I know. and what you see from it just—it this is helping it's, your sport. It is. This is good, good for you and your pot of life. This is good for your program. Mm-hmm. These are the things that you've been fighting for for decades, mm-hmm. and now you get it. And Don Staley's making just idiotic statements on Twitter, and you got Kim Mulkey and her stupid things. It just—it's like they don't see the big picture of a sport that they've helped build, right? And embrace it. Mm-hmm. But they won't do that. No, and soon they're going to be ridiculing the, those bandwagon fans. I wish again. You're I've one. Got band aids all over my knees from from falling when I jumped on the bandwagon. One final thing. Yeah, we'll get Jeff in here momentarily. Jeff, be patient. I know the Iowa women have now beat Wisconsin 29 straight times. That's bizarre. That's unbelievable. It's unthinkable. That's unthinkable. It is. Yes. In any sport, 29 in a row. Now I was been good throughout that tenure, obviously. Haven't been what they've been the last couple of years, but always a really good program. Wisconsin's been down, but to think of that 29 in a row in basketball, <laughs> you know what it's like to go on the road in any league. I think that says something about Wisconsin hoops. Well, Iowa's been very successful going into Wisconsin and getting some players. That's probably been a part of it too, mm-hmm. but that when I saw that last night, I knew the number was big because they played, what, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And it's just seeing that number again as it goes to 29 in a row against anybody. I don't care who I'm you're playing. With you. It's wild. It, it is. Speaking of successful in the state of Wisconsin, uh, and uh, may, maybe the Pied Piper, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, yes. was in the tennis last night, and they put him on TV. But I mean, he was—he's apparently he was a integral part of Monchilovich uh, getting uh, to Iowa State. Let's get Jeff in here. Jeff, thanks for being patient. Welcome. How are you? Happy New Year. Haven't spoken yeah. with you all year. Yeah, Ken. Welcome back. Thank you, brother. Um, real quick, I want to just talk Iowa women. You guys kind of touched on it. We've talked about it before. You know, with with these, you know, air quotes, others, when they step up and just have good games, the falter comes off the bench and, you know, she can get double digits and they got other weapons. And, you know, Molly D doing what she did last weekend. If those others, and it's it's crazy how this could swing from 
you know, going to a second weekend and losing in the second round of the tournament. But that's how big this swing could be. If they step up collectively and play as a team, they're a, they're a second they're a second weekend team. But if they don't, everybody kind of just is blah. And Caleb's got to put up forty shots. He can lose in the second round. So yep. it's just so crazy when you watch them from one night to the next. It's you know really tune in and watch because if the others are it's, it's it's an easy game. If those others are hitting wide open standstill threes, it's a really good team. If Caitlin says, you know what, I've shot five threes and they're just a little bit off, and I'm just going to drive and get in once and finish and and you know make and facilitate, they're a really good team. When Caitlin's got to put up twenty threes, the variance gets very yeah. small. Yep, you're right. Um, let's move on. Let's move on to the Iowa State game last night. A couple quick, you know, hitters in the first half. I would say it's got nine turnovers, guys. Yeah, yep. can't have it on the road. Nope, you're right. You have it, right? They yep. had eight. They gave up eight threes in the first half. And if you just look at the box score, we, us three, and, and others watched. You look at the box score; they should be down about twelve or fourteen, mm-hmm. probably down four, I think, or six, or whatever the case may be. So it was four. I'm pretty sure it was staff, four. Yeah, yeah, it was four. Yeah. The coaching staff, the players, you got to be thinking, okay, we're in this game, right? Yeah. And going into the second half. They just kind of came out flat. Yep. Gave up, mm-hmm. You know, they gave up more threes, got into foul trouble. But I'm going to leave you with this. And I said this to Trent last week. I don't know why they can't get uh, Machilovic into one-on-one ISOs on the high on the high post and let him work with his back back to the rim. For some reason, they can't get him the ball, and and he has trouble. Again, talk, we've talked about it. You kind of put the ball on the court. Mm-hmm. We know they have bigs. We know they have guys that can facilitate and get in the rack. Here's the one thing, and we've talked about this, to nauseum. They don't have a guy who is 6'3", 6'4", a little thin, right? Maybe he's a minus defender. He can flat out shoot it. He's a sniper. Maybe like a, can I say a Naz Long? Can I say a Matt Thomas? Mm-hmm. Guy 6'3", 6'4", mm-hmm. shooting from the Pioneer logo, yep. winning games for you. I could bring up a scenario when they're down 20 against Oklahoma with that squad. They come back. Oklahoma's top five. I was there. And Matt Thomas shoots five threes in the second half. They win that game. I know Iowa State fans out there, they know what I'm talking about. Could Pavelski be that guy? I don't think so. Okay. And, you know, he has that motor. And I really, really believe you can teach defense. You can't teach just a straight-up sniper. And real diehard Iowa State fans – and. And TJ's done a great job. We and I think they've ha- they're at their ceiling. They can get to, they can win a couple games in the tournament, but they don't. He's never had a guy that is just a sniper like Maslong and Matt Thomas. He's done a phenomenal job. I can't believe what he's turned around in this program. But for for some reason, he needs to find a guy. They have plenty of plus defenders. That's not the problem. But they're going to get into a game where they're going to need a little bit of scoring or a guy that could get you five threes, and they just don't have it. It, well, the, they thought they had it last year, and AJ Green made the mistake of going to the. Oh, wait a second! Yeah, it was a mistake. Of <laughs> going to the NBA, yeah. Green and, and I don't and I don't want to be out here. You know, again, they, they have a really good team. What happened last night? It is what it is. But when they get into a game like a BYU or a Kansas or an up and down game, and again, let's talk about it. Come tournament time, you're going to get into a game. You might beat a Houston or a team like Houston, who that's uh, a bulldog like Iowa State. But then you might get a bad matchup with a team that wants to run up and down the court 
and they just don't have a couple players that I think could do that consistently to get into the next round, you know, the next round or, you know, a second weekend. Fair but point, Jeff. God bless your Iowa State's a good team, guys. Have a good day. Yep, good to talk to you. It's life on the road uh, in the Big 12. It, it makes foul points. I'm with you with Pavletsky. I think I he can be more. that guy. I want to see more from him. I want to yeah. see him get more minutes because... He's got the junkyard dog. He mm-hmm. defends the you-know-whatever. Can he shoot? What did he average last year? Well, he shot 40% from three last year. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, what was it? 37.5%. That's good. You yeah. take that every single time. 40% yeah. this year. 10 to 25 is it a confidence thing at this point? He was I, late to see these kind of minutes. I mean, it was Orlando before he kind of had his coming out party, right? Right, and then he was playing 20 minutes a game, and then that's disappointed again. He had 11 against Oklahoma. He had three against Houston. Six against Oklahoma State. Played the most ease he has in a couple of weeks with 14 last night. But many of them in the blowout as they had the mm-hmm. mini 9 nothing run there at mm-hmm. the end to make it at least palpable in a 15-point yeah. loss. He's the guy. I want to see him out there in that range. 15 minutes, yeah. something like that, basically three, kind of four or five-minute stretches, something like that, You know, two in the first half, maybe one in the second. That's what I want to see because if they're not getting shooting from Gilbert from the outside, we know Lipsy, though better, still not great. No. Mom Chilovich, the scout is out now. Yeah, I mean, you, you make it difficult, you get up on him, and as Jeff said there, he's not great off the bounce mm-hmm. at this point in time. The scout is right there, and Curtis Jones has not been as nope. delivered from the nope. outside. Nope. You gotta find some shooting out there, or this is going to because well, Jeff talked about you know style of play in the NCAA tournament. What if you just go cold like you did against Pitt early on? Phew. You know, last year in the tournament, just could never get back into it. You need a little bit more offense out there, and it's not like Pavletsky. We're not talking about a guy that is all offense, no defense. Right? He plays no, both he ends does. of the floor. Absolutely, that's the one. I, I've always been a big fan. He's been kind of the guy that I've adopted, if you will. I want to see more from him because with the team. And the struggles that we'll continue to see, probably offensively, if they can't figure out the shooting from the outside, I think he's a guy that's going to help them get up into that top half of the league. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, real quick on this, because I don't want to uh, forget to do it. Uh, way to go, Tommy Birch, Chad Leistakow, and uh, Mark Woodley. They are the what are the sports writers, uh, broadcasters, broadcasters of the year. Yeah, in the state um, of Iowa. Leistakow was overdue to win one of them. I don't think he'd won one up until this point. Oh, really? Tommy Birch is a terrific writer, mm-hmm. um, and Mark Woodley. Don't know much about him other than um, he was the sports guy that filled in on the blizzard last year uh, and went viral. So well done out of him. And I know that because he's always on my Twitter feed. He spent the winter New- or the Christmas break in New Zealand with his daughter. So That's well done. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. Anyways, we'll take a break. More Iowa State conversation coming up uh, with uh, Bill Seals from Cyclone Report. But it's time for another one thousand dollars coin Buccaneers. Welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO, 25 minutes before noon. Mitch Holt is coming up in 15 minutes. He's the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Bill Seals, uh, CycloneReport.com. I just realized I wasn't following on Twitter. I have just uh, rectified oh. that. Well, that's difficult because you do not like to get over, what is it, 200? I'm well over. I'm You're gone, over yeah, now. I'm past it. Look There's at the no old man back. making change. Yeah, no going back. Hello, Bill Seals. <laughs> How are you? Hey. 
I'm doing great. Hey, thanks for the follow, Kenny. I really appreciate it. <laughs> no, that. absolutely. I didn't realize there wasn't. Anyways, Bill Seals, good to speak with you. Uh, we'll say yeah. football in case there's any news. I know that uh, some of the uh, the early enrollees or all the early enrollees are there, so we'll get to that in a second. But last night, what do you chalk this up to, Bill? Just life on the in the Big 12 on the road. There's going to be nights like this. Is that how you look at it? Yeah, really, uh, it uh, it kind of falls under that category, I think. This was really a BYU team that was was focused from the start. They played a great offensive game, and you don't see that too often against Iowa State. Uh, you know, I think it started with them taking care of the ball. They only committed, well, 11 turnovers. That might seem high to them, but, uh, you know, Iowa State usually turns them over at uh, – turns teams over at a pretty high clip and that fuels the offense and that really wasn't the case last night and you know TCU as far as the offensive end they shared the basketball they they played uh, I think a better team ball game than the Cyclones did 21 assists on 27 made field goals that's outstanding and and that's kind of how Iowa State tries to win games too you know making the extra pass and trying to set your teammates up and it uh, just wasn't to be last night I think they really ran into a buzzsaw in this BYU team I think they're going to be a force to reckon with and especially out in Provo that's a you know a pretty tough environment so one of the big stories outside of a loss on the road and that's going to happen in the Big 12 is obviously David Lipsy leaving with the shoulder injury to his left shoulder going to be evaluated after they got back uh, early in the morning, I'm going to guess, uh, before they finally got back into yeah, Ames. For sure. What kind of timeline are we looking at here? And, and anything, any rumblings at minimum that you've heard on that shoulder injury? Well, maybe that it's not as bad as, as what uh, it, it probably right. looked like after he sustained it. Uh, you know, he was kind of jumping around mm-hmm. and, and really in some obvious pain. Yep. And you didn't see him the rest of the game. It's really a shame, too, it happened at that juncture of it i mean at at that point i think it was pretty much a a foregone conclusion they were going to drop that one and then to have uh, lipsy get hurt at that stage is it's pretty tough and uh we'll we'll get a little more clarification on that uh tomorrow morning and in tj's uh, media availability i'm not sure that they'll make tayman available but uh uh coach will be available tomorrow morning maybe get a, a little bit more on that uh I think probably day to day you could you could deem him at this point. It doesn't sound like it's going to be anything serious, but uh, yeah, you, you talk about what life would be like for the Cyclones. I'm not sure they want to think about that. He's the the uh, leading scorer. He's got he's he's only one rebound behind Trey King mm. for the team lead in rebounding, and of course leads the team in assists. So it's uh, really he's really a guy they can't afford to to be without for a very long stretch, if any. Hmm. Hassan Ward, uh, it, there were times he looked like he's the best player on the floor yeah. uh, during the game last night. He was really, really good, and he's been that way. Essentially, what was it, New Hampshire? That was the first game that we saw him in, I think, the last non-com before we got into Big 12 play. Um, he kind of lost it last night in the lane. Frustration, it happens, it's sports. Uh, is Hassan Ward somebody that... Um, uh, you know, you cover the team obviously a lot closer than Trent and I do from where we sit. Uh, is this guy that's got that kind of that short fuse, uh, or was this kind of out of character for him, Bill? From what you know, well, I, yeah, I think it's kind of out of character from what we've seen so far. Very, I think it's out of character for anybody really that's been in the program under under uh, Coach Otzelberger. I mean, he runs a a pretty tight ship as we've seen, and, and doesn't really put up with a lot of it i think it was just kind of one of those deals where it it uh 
you know, caught up in the moment uh, that I think it was maybe a, a, a play or two before that it, it, you could kind of tell things were getting a little chippier, and, and I think he just kind of got caught up in the moment, and and uh, that would probably signal. I think not not many things really went Iowa State's way. It seemed like after that uh, sequence, there is that the game kind of got away. Speaking of getting away, uh, TCU maybe felt that way in the weird, crazy ending of regulation and overtime loss up at Cincinnati. Had an opportunity to win that game late. There were a couple of three-pointers in the final moments, a foul, missed free throws. It was a wild one. Did now, you bet that game? Why were you following so closely? Yeah, it's Cincinnati <laughs> minus three and a half, and we got the overtime win oh, in that great. one. However, uh, TCU, now back home, we know this program and what Jamie Dixon has built at a place that for a lot of years looked maybe unwinnable, that you couldn't win in the Big 12 at TCU, at least in basketball. Jamie Dixon has changed that. How tough it's going to be, and we've seen a lot of great games between these two teams lately. Mm. Yeah, I really have. I think uh, even you know last season in Hilton, that was uh, uh, the, the Cyclones, I, I thought, played really well in that one. And, and uh, you know, it's, been, it's really been kind of a back-and-forth uh a back and forth series with this one. They went down there and and they won by uh, they won by two last season. That was uh, you know early on I think in the Big Twelve campaign and and it really kind of I, I think was a, a a big early season win on the road that set the tone for the Cyclones in the in the conference. So uh, it, it's going to be back and forth. And again, Trent, as you mentioned, it's a it's a tough place to play and uh, you know. Whatever happened the other night with TCU, I think you know they're going home and they're going to be at their best against Iowa State, and 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 who knows what happens with Taman Lipsy as well. He could play in that game. I don't think he'll be a hundred percent in that game. So I think it'll be on uh, someone like Keyshawn Gilbert to mm-hmm. maybe step up and play a, a, a good game and and uh, take care of the basketball, which is something that Taman really does well. Uh, one more uh, basketball before we move to football is regarding uh, Fenley's uh, squad. If you were to get Bill Fenley in a quiet moment and ask him, did you think Audie Crooks was going to have this much impact You know, the second week of January in her freshman campaign after coming from small school? I, well, I mean, what were her expectations, do you think? Because she has to have blown right through whatever those were. Yeah, she's she's been she's been huge uh you know between her and and uh her and Addie Brown yeah. uh, those, those two freshmen have been have been huge and i think you know one one thing they're they're, they're getting 22 minutes a game out of Audi right now and it's just remarkable you look at what her production has been in that time Addie Brown uh averaging two points less a game than than Audi Crooks and she <laughs> Addie Brown's playing almost 35 minutes a game so what they're getting out of Audi right now is mm. just incredible, and you know, as they get get her really into the system and acclimated, and you know, the Big Twelve season that they're going to have. Uh, well, they were supposed to have TCU this weekend. That game yep. has been canceled. Uh, the Horn Frogs don't have enough players to, to field the team, and then I think this is going to be a nice little stretch here where they can maybe get get a, a little bit of a breather and, and really hit the ground running again next week. And a play, player like Audi Crooks is going to enjoy that uh, that uh, little bit off, I think. Uh, it's Miller and Condon, 106.3 kicks. You know, Bill, we literally have a minute left, and I want to save 30 seconds of it for you to promote what you've got at CycloneReport.com. Is there any football news you could share? Well, we're uh, the, 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 this coaching staff still waiting on a couple of, of transfer portal guys. One of them is uh, – 
One of them is a wide receiver, Isaiah Alston, out of Army. I think it's looking good there. It's just, it's kind of one of those things that's tied up in ISU admissions right now. I've covered that on the site. Uh, uh, Jalen Travis, took he did make it to town, took an official visit last weekend. Uh, expected decision on him in the next week or two. I think the Cyclones are in good shape there. He's an offensive tackle. And then uh, next weekend, uh, uh, junior days. Uh, start for the uh, the uh, football program in the mm. next two weeks. So uh, obviously going to be some news there. And we can expect to read it at CycloneReport.com. What else, Bill? Anything uh, you'd like to promote? Well, just uh, the, uh, the the PFF season positional grades. I've been mm. in the midst of that series for the past couple of weeks. I know Trent really, or uh, uh, I, yeah, I know you mm-hmm. really like looking at that stuff, Trent. We talk about that, and you and Kenny and. Uh, I published a piece on the cornerbacks this morning and and just kind of going through every position. A really good look at how uh, each player graded out during the 2023 season. Maybe a a little bit of a glimpse ahead uh, to 2024 in those pieces as well and how that's going to look. Bill Seals, CycloneReport.com, part of the Rivals Network. Bill, we'll speak with you next week. Thank you, Bill Seals. Appreciate it. Yep, appreciate you guys having me. Have a good one. Yep, good to talk to you. Bill Seals, we check in on Iowa State. We'll check in on the Kansas City Chiefs with the voice of those Chiefs. Mitch Holtis joins Miller and Condon. Next, it's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Homes.com. Hi, Miller Condon. Welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Hour number two will kick things off with Adam Emenecker. G-Migs over in Valley Junction sponsor our weekly segment uh, with uh, Adam Emenecker. He joins us. Is this Wednesday thing going to be permanent with Adam, do you think? Does that make more sense? Maybe give Drake a little boost you know, looking for something to do on a Wednesday, have them on game day, more games. Do time. they have a ton of Wednesday games? Is well, that most, what you're getting at? Yeah, I think most of them are if All they right. have home games right during the week. Um, anyways, we'll, we'll talk with Emenecker, uh, whether he joins us Tuesday or Wednesday or not. We'll stay tuned. A- and then we will uh, get David Kaplan. He's with us at 1230 on Wednesdays. A lot, of, a lot of topics to get with Cappy. A lot of topics for Mitch Holtis. Sadly, doesn't look like we'll get to any of them as uh, Mitch is obviously tied up. That's the, the dog that has the best chance, right? If I was to yeah. ask you of the four games, the the road team that's most likely to win would be? Well, the answer is the Chiefs. Well, let's take I them think. away because point spread-wise, that's gotcha. the closest. So after that... Texans, Packers, Buccaneers. <sighs> Who do you like most, not just to keep it close, to actually, actually win? Go on the road and win a game against one of the top two seats. <sighs> Well, I don't like any of them, but if you're asking me if I <laughs> well, have to pick one. Well, that's not a surprise, one. as we know. You love favorites. <laughs> uh, I would take um, Tampa Bay. Tampa. I don't think Houston's going to get there. I don't. I think that, I mean, it's a remarkable season. They are clearly going to be a major pain in the you-know-what going forward. Um, they've just got so many injuries, Trent. So many of these guys on both sides of the football may not be able to answer the bell in this football game. Uh, Speaking of that game, are we believing the Mark Andrews stuff? That he's uh, that he's close limited participation. I don't think practice. he'll play this week. I don't think so. Either. I don't. I don't. I think it'd be highly unlikely. Now, if they do advance, um, as far they they represent the AFC, that's mm-hmm. three weeks away. It is. That's a different conversation. That's a different conversation. Now, the other kind of sneaking part about this, Isaiah Likely's been really good. Uh huh. 
he is. Yep. He's not a prototypical wide receiver. Like he's not an inline guy. He's the Noah fan. Mm-hmm. He's that guy that yep, got you some put in the slot. Yep. Yeah, he'll be. He'll have his hand on the ground from time to time, but mostly. This is an oversized wide receiver. 260-pound tight end. (laughs) Right, yeah. This is a 230-pound wide receiver that's got some size, height-wise. Absolutely. He's Mike Evans. Yeah. He just happens to be a tight end as opposed to being a wide receiver. Likely's really good. Now you put those two guys on the field together with the speed of Zay Flowers. I wonder what Andrews is also going to be, though, when he comes back. With that kind of ankle injury, Mm. that push. We're not talking about a spring chicken either. How old is he now? Is he 31, 32? That's what I thought. And then I just clicked on his file. How, how old is he? He's 28. Yeah. Mark Andrews is 28? He's got a lot, of, a lot of career left. Boy. I mean, that feels like a guy that's been part of our life for a dozen years. Well, you know what? And, and should be more part of our life because when conversations come up about the best tight ends mm-hmm. in the league, oh, Travis Kelsey, it's George Kittle, Phil, whoever you want. Mark Andrews needs to be in this conversation. Right. And he's always in that next tier. Yeah, the top in, of the next tier. Right. But you don't talk about him as right. one of the best. Right. Lamar in the playoffs. I there's something about this Texans you, you, team. You're liking you're liking Houston? I already locked in a bet at nine and a half. I saw there's some nines that popped today, then the buyback happened right away. It got back mm-hmm. to nine and a half. But happy to have that one in my back pocket. I didn't think there was any way I was gonna get ten, so that's why I put that. That's the only playoff bet I have right now mm-hmm. as we sit here on Wednesday. As you know, there'll be more that come throughout the week. Sure. But that was one I just wanted to put there. I like this Texans team. Stroud obviously goes without saying. And the way they were just running wide open, up and down the field against that Browns defense all throughout the course of the game. No tank Dell doesn't matter. I mean, just uh, throw in another bunch of guys. And they can run it a little bit with Singletary. Mm-hmm. They can get enough there. Oh, Singletary ran wild. I think they're a live dog. I really do. I think that this is team. Not only outright? Can, I think they can. Knock off the one-seed Baltimore Ravens. Of those three teams that we talked about, the mm-hmm. Texans, the Packers, and the Buccaneers, that would be the one that I would have the most confident. Okay. Even put a half unit on the money line. Mm-hmm. That'd be the one that I'd be buying there. What's the path for the Packers to beat the Niners? No, I don't think there is one. I don't think there is one. I just can't see it. Slow start off mm-hmm. a bye. We've seen that happen in the past, right? Yeah. Look, San Francisco struggled uh, last year against Seattle right out of the shoot when the playoffs started. Were they down at the half in that uh, game? Or was tied? It, it was, was close. Yeah, it, was, it was, yeah. It, Really close uh-huh. one in that one. Slow start. All right, that's where you start. You got to do basically exactly like last week. Now, not 27 nothing, but mm-hmm. get the ball, march right down the field. Mm-hmm. Go right down there, score, get that 7 nothing. You do something like that, number one seed starts to pucker a little bit, get a little bit nervous. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey's back. How back? Back, back. Back, back. Yeah. Okay. Debo Samuel's fine. <laughs> You're shooting holes in my theory. How Playoff Brock Purdy. Well, we haven't seen him hardly. Right. We got the divisional round game against Seattle. I think he'll be fine. Look, I did get I did get a kick out of somebody posted the eight quarterbacks left in the tournament, seven first rounders, and the last pick in the draft. <laughs> Buccaneers. Uh, I know. Philadelphia. How can you judge that game? Philadelphia handed it to them. They quit. They did. I agree with you. They quit in the I football game, you. and I'm the same way. This is a Bucks team that survived at the mm-hmm. end of the season, nine nothing. Mm-hmm. Got blown out the week like before against New Orleans, where they had a chance to sew up the division at that point, mm-hmm. and they got blown out by the Saints. I at home, by yeah. the way, in that football game. I think the Lions cruise. I do too. 
But I you said that was the one that you liked. Uh, it's a game well, you, you had you had to make me you made me pick one, and I can't pick Houston to win outright. I'm not picking the Packers, therefore by default I took Tampa Bay. But I, I look, I'll, I'll tell you what I did. Well, you saw what I did for our TV show that we're mm-hmm. going to tape later on, MediaCom. I put together four team money line parlay: those three favorites and the Chiefs, and the Chiefs, and the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes getting points on the road. I know. It's going to be a strange environment from Kansas City not to be playing in the postseason at Arrowhead Stadium. Adam Emenecker joins us next. Valley Conversation with Adam G. Miggs sponsors. Cappy, Centurion Stone of Iowa, sponsors him. He's joining us at 1230. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.